Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back once again. Episode 36 of the podcast, boys. We're still stuck in quarantine, unfortunately, so I can't see you guys in studio, but thankfully the whole team is back. Kyle, how are you doing today? Uh, very limited sleep, but uh, I'm hanging in there. Uh, excited that you know sports are on the horizon. And Irfan, how about you, man? Doing good. I'm super busy with work and school right now, but this is my break, and I enjoy seeing my boys. Yeah, we missed you last week, but we hope you enjoyed your celebration. Yeah, it was great. It was a it was a night long event and um it was nice to run into my parents over for skype and uh, some family members so um enjoyed that but also missed seeing you guys i i really missed the conversation about the jerseys but i'm, I'm glad you guys covered it really well so great job on that that was a good one i think we're uh we're, we got to do something a little bit more with that when all three of us are here so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but we got a lot of sports to talk about this week because guess what boys sports came back last weekend <laughs> I was so excited. I watched four soccer matches last week, and it was great. Um, but let's get right into it with our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferrara brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. So let's start off, boys. Obviously, I enjoyed the soccer matches, but there was also golf and stuff. Let's talk about how these went off and everything that had to go into it to allow what happened. And I think the biggest thing is that the matches went off without a hitch, pretty much. And it was real soccer. It wasn't guys trying to avoid each other, no tackles, nothing like that. It was actual soccer. And some of the matches were actually fun to watch. They were rusty. Don't get me wrong. The players, there was mistakes made that they're not going to make normally in week 27 or 28 of the season. But it went off really well. You saw some very great plays, some unbelievable movement of the ball from some teams. And it looked like it went well. What did you guys think? Um, so I got a chance to watch the games last week, and I'm watching them this morning. Uh, Dortmund looked fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you got to see that game or yeah, the that one, yeah. game. They, yeah, they destroyed Schalke. They looked like they were informed. They looked like they were hungry. They want to win the the championship. That was really cool. Um, the biggest difference I noticed in the two weeks though is that you could hear the players last week. Yeah. Um, but this week they've added a crowd track to sort of give the the atmosphere feel. Um, so if we're talking sports strictly, they're trying to improve the um, I guess the the whole experience for you know fans watching from home because they can be cheering on their couch or something but um, last week it felt like a practice and this week they're trying to make it seem less like a practice and more like the games are back right. which is pretty interesting Kyle? Yeah I'm not sure how I feel about the, the fake fan noise being added I'm not sure to, to me that's just kind of almost adding insult to injury making it actually worse the fact that it's just fake um, yeah. and everybody knows it's fake right so um, no, like watching UFC in the previous weeks and, and then watching the golf on the weekend and, um, I didn't watch any, any of the soccer, but I, I was told it was, it was good by, uh, by Nick for sure. Um, the golf was different because everybody obviously everybody was mic'd up and you, you know, 
it's not just the announcers talking, it's the actual the, the golfers themselves. Um, and it was weird that they were doing like drone cameras and stuff like that that they normally don't do. Um, but obviously, it was sports and it was just basically a different type of view looking at the game rather than a whole different game itself. Right. And I think my opinion of the soccer when they ha- didn't have crowd noise and everything, I actually liked it. And I know, like, this is from, like, a true soccer player mentality, but it was nice to see um, the players' conversations going on during the game, right? And the one thing that I also thought was really cool that a lot of people don't get to see, and if you don't play at a high enough level, you wouldn't know this, is that the – how do I say this properly? The the flags for the sideline refs. A lot of people don't know this, but they also have a buzzer. And every time you raise the flag, you hit a button, and it gives the center ref an idea that they that a flag has been raised, right? Normally, you can't hear that sound, but the commentators made sure last week that you knew you could hear that sound in the in the stadium because it was so quiet. And that's something that gets missed a lot in a normal season because you can't hear it. The fans are usually way too loud. You're not going to hear it because there's no point. But they did a good job separating the players on the bench. And by bench, I mean the stadiums. Because they were all up in the crowd seating and avoiding each other at all costs. They all had facial masks that were branded by the club. I think they did a good job to pull it off. My concern is that other leagues are going to look at it and they're going to have no problems. But you look at the EPL coming back. The EPL has had eight positive cases since returning this week. Five of them are from the same club. And that was Watford, if anyone was wondering. And Watford, their captain, also didn't return to training because he was too concerned. He has a five-month-old who had breathing problems when he was born. And so he said, I'm not risking my son's life to come and play footy. There's no point. Do you think the well, EPL is going to be able to pull it off? The last week, the, the players, like you said, Nick, they were wearing masks. But if you watch the game now, um, some have them half on, some don't have them on anymore. Really? Um, so, yeah, like the Dortmund players right now, there's one that he's wearing it like this. So I'm like, you're already contaminating it at that point. There's players that aren't, like, I know they're six feet apart or they're two meters apart or whatever it is based on the benching. But Four some players are wearing it, some aren't. So, yeah. So, like, at this point, like, if you want to keep soccer going around the world, you got to follow all the rules that are implemented by your country. Like, you can't half-ass any of it. Right. Um, so that's one thing. And I think the EPL, like you said, um, the, the positive cases, but there's so many other players that haven't returned to training because of safety and concerns that way. So, I mean, it's great to see sports, but at the same time, are, you, are they pushing it too much? Are they pushing players' safety a little too much? Um, I think that's that's a question that I think they're trying to answer, but they they're they're getting at, and um, you know the other leagues that folded have you know said the same thing is like we can't risk safety over over money or playing. So um, yeah, and that's my I, concern. I, I, I mean, I, I really I really do enjoy watching it, but at the same time, like it's not the full experience. So right. at what point do you realize that if you're not gonna fully do something? Or, like, follow the rules. Like, are you half-assing it? Like, is it safe? Is it... Like, the players already playing on the pitch are so close to each other. Like, there is chance of contamination, right. whether it's COVID or the flu or whatever it is, right? But, so, like, but like you got you to gotta think about that. And are you willing to risk player safety, family safety, isolation? Like, how are they quarantining after this? You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know if they've released any of that or a lot of the details for the public, but it'd be something that they should talk about and share with everyone because it is a process. It is. And that's what, that was my concern with the EPL is that I'm not sure if they figured out the process yet. And it, it, it is a tough one. And that's why Deeney, the captain of Watford refused to go back. He's like, listen, I'm not convinced by this yet. And that's a problem. If you're not convincing players to come back, then why would they come back? Like there's, there's no point to them coming back at that point if they're not comfortable. So 
I don't know. Yeah, I just it's just it's just like Conte from Chelsea who just isn't isn't reporting. But I thought he did report. No, he said, he said he didn't want to play unless he, he, he changed he said, his he mind. Said he's not, he said he's not playing until um, everything gets cleared up. Oh, I thought I saw him at training because they were. I saw this Twitter thread of footballers' new hairstyles, and he actually oh. has hair. Yeah. yeah so Some of them are funny. Hair. I think Milner, uh, Milner wasn't at practice either. So. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So it's like to put it into per- to put it into perspective, right? Like, the, so Bundesliga took tests, obviously, right? So yeah. There were seventeen hundred and twenty-four tests, and there were ten positive as of Monday. Yeah. And that's through. So, that's from when they started training to now, right? Okay. The EPL has been in training since I think is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah, earlier this week. Right? That's f- let's say five days at most. They already have eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And five are from the same club. That's that's where the concern rises because if if one of those like the positive test could be false positives, right? Like we we understand that they might not be actual positive COVID test. That's why the EPL players who have tested positive have to isolate for seven days because they want to see whether or not it actually is like a true positive. One of those being a true positive could be detrimental to Watford because they walked in or they walked to the facility. They were at the facility. They passed how many people, right? That person then passes it on to another player. That person passes it on, right? Like, it could be a domino effect. And again, I'm not saying that these athletes who are in great health condition are might be in danger of like dying because they are pretty healthy and we've seen the numbers that a lot of the deaths are coming from elder population, yada, yada, yada. But yeah. it's still a risk. And then these people now have to isolate by themselves in a place that they're not comfortable in necessarily, right? Because they might not live... Right. In Watford, like yep. n- normally, they live there during the season, but they might not live there normally. And consum- considering their families are probably not living with them right now during this whole thing, you have to think that that that's not what they want to do. And that's why when they're trying to rush all these leagues back, I've just not understood the the need for it. Like, take the time, make sure everything is okay, make sure you have the right protocols in place. As much as we want sports. Because we do. I went golfing yesterday because I've been so bored out of my mind. As much as we want sports, we also need to consider that these people aren't just commodities. They're they're people. They're not, they're not guinea pigs. They're not no. guinea pigs. Exactly. That's the perfect word. And like, we're going to get into the NHL format that they've agreed upon and everything. And if it works, it's fine. You have to make sure it's safe. I heard, I, I listened to an interview by Kia Nurse on TSN this morning, and she was saying, like, we have a small league. We have 144 players. We could possibly do a hub city and make it work, right? 144 players really isn't that bad. But she also said that if they tried to put it in Brooklyn, she wouldn't go and play. She would refuse to come back and report to her team. Because it's not safe. If they put it in Connecticut, it's a different story. If they put it in Vegas, it's a different story. Because those two places haven't had a huge spike in COVID cases. They're not the epicenter. right? But if they try to put it in one of these places that is an epicenter, that, that has a team, there's no, there's no point in her going back, she said. It's, it's putting her life at risk unnecessarily, and it's not worth it. At this point, do you do you ask the question that why not just sacrifice the year? I know it's it's a tough decision, but sacrifice the year for the safety of the players, the staff, everyone involved, and just aim for the start of a new season in October. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be a little bit more beneficial? And I, I know they everyone wants a champion, everyone wants to see someone win, but at the same time, like, do you want this to be an issue that you lose all of next year as well, or do you want a chance at next year? 
I think that's yeah, a I, guess, like, I think that's a very very fair question, and it's something that none of the leagues will admit to thinking, and that's why you see like the NHL doing this 2014 playoff. The NBA is trying to figure out a way to come back and play. MLS is doing a tournament in Orlando, by the sounds of it, like a midseason tournament, and then they're gonna hold off until the fall to possibly play more games, right? Like, they're trying to come up with creative ways. And I understand the reasoning behind going about that. But you also have to think that we have to be smart about it, too. Right? Like, you can't just... You can't just put people out there just for the sake of entertainment if it's not 100% safe. And, yes, Orlando might be okay for the MLS. It might be. I don't know. I haven't done the research. I haven't been in the meetings with the MLS brass so i have no idea but if we're going to be fair about it you have to put into perspective that these are players they have concerns they have health concerns they have family concerns right and you can't just throw them out there yeah no and i think the other reason they're probably suggesting to throw them out there is they're looking at revenue shares and money at this point is how much money can they recruit how much money can they of course it's it's, it's a small it's a small detail but it, it is something that might be driving owners and players to or certain leagues to be like we need money we are in the hole like the cfl needs extra money to stay afloat you know what i mean of course that's another thing it's like are you sacrificing health for money at this point and like i I, again i'd probably i I, i'm like we said we're not in these meetings with these people um with the brasses but i think if you're thinking about it is lose a little bit now to gain a little bit more later like that's just that's my mentality but i guess that's just I'm not there to, I don't know what sort of strains that they're under, but again, it's just. Obviously, it all comes down to money. That's what it really comes down to. Of course. And um, I think the fact that so many people are begging for sports to come back is driving them back early. And I think the fact that these people are now believing, hey, they want it so bad, you know, we can make extra money, right? So they can make up the difference between the money they've lost to the couple months they've already lost compared to if they just pushed it back to next year. Because next year, no matter what, people are going to come back. People are going to watch and that kind of stuff. If they come back early now and force it back, they can make those extra revenue, make the people watch it, make everything, because people are desperate for sports to come back and have something that they can actually do. Of course. So... It's 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 one hundred percent all about the money. Like as much as they say it's all about player safety, that's great. They've done some stuff, but it's, it's not their top of mind. Not no. even close. But not guaranteed, even... they will make so much more money next season because of the fact that fans are going to appreciate the game a lot more, knowing that hey, there's a potential that we cannot have a league. So I, they will make it up regardless of how we go. I just like at this point, I know you're right with with the with money driving it but at this point i'd still take health over money right no and of course we, we would for sure but owners of teams yeah. don't have that same mentality no. it's true and it's unfortunate because i mean like Irfan's right they're probably gonna make fistfuls of cash next year just Absolutely. based off the fact that people missed sports and you look at it I'm going to compare it to the youth levels, right? Or even the semi-pro levels. You realize all the other leagues have canceled their summer seasons. Like, it's it's done. I was supposed to play this summer in Ontario for soccer. I'm, like, 95% sure I'm not playing this summer in soccer. Like, they haven't officially announced it, but... We're not playing, right? All rec leagues aren't playing. No, there, there, will, there won't be anything played until at least the fall yeah. at the earliest. Exactly. And even then, you don't know because guess what? Like, as far as university and college level sports, they probably won't be back yet. Because it all, it all depends on, well, at least in Canada, it's going to depend on whether or not students are in in class right like let's say football for universities right if western students aren't on campus in class 
not a chance in hell there's football next year. Yeah, no, all of next semester's online correspondence from what I've heard. They haven't officially announced that across Ontario. It looks like it's going that way. You're right. And that, but I mean, I'm I'm speaking from my university right now. Yeah. Um, so the rest of my entire degree is online correspondence, as well as yeah. Every, anyone else who's already in the school. But I think they might play around with it for the first years. Don't yeah. know yet, but that's what they're talking about. Yeah, that that kind of upsets me. But that's that's a whole other issue. That, it's that's an off-air issue. I'm not going to talk about that right now. Um, well, yeah, it all comes down to like you know. So that means you know Canadian football for college. That would normally be a pretty big draw is now essentially done. Yeah. Well, like, okay, I I worked at Western for three and a half years with their uh, sports and rec division doing games. That's obviously how I got into doing stuff like this. Um, Mm -hmm. Western's football has more fans at one game than hockey, basketball, volleyball combined over a weekend. And it's not even close. Like, yeah. I think across hockey, hockey we got maybe 200 people in the stands at most. Right. Uh, unless it was like a specialty game because we were able to fill both sides of the rink on some of the like the school day games and stuff like that, which is really cool, by the way. If, if you've never been to one of those school day games for university in those small towns – really really fun atmosphere because the kids have no idea what's going on but are like hey it's sports and they get all excited it's really cool um basketball volleyball maybe 50 people for either of those right so you're looking at let's say there's two volleyball games or two basketball games in a weekend one of the other one and two hockey games looking at 600 700 people in a weekend going through those two facilities football stadium we got a thousand at least at least and that was a day that we were playing u of t at home right like just an absolutely useless game sorry i shouldn't say that u of t got better the last couple years let's say york (laughs) or windsor someone who doesn't who normally is bad and has been bad the last few years we would get at least a thousand people probably close to two for those kind of crappy games. If they don't have football, these universities are going to lose their minds from an athletic standpoint. Well, they're also going to lose a lot of money, too. That's what I mean, though. Like, they're going to lose money, and they're going to lose their minds because they don't know where they're going to be able to get that from. Because not only that, you lose a football season, you lose all of those, like, donations that they get from alumni. What does that tell you about it, right? Like, it, it's it's tough, and it's it's a weird situation. Obviously, this is unprecedented. We know that. It's it's very clear that it's unprecedented. So we have to be smart about it and make sure we people are coming back on the right, in the right way. I think is the yeah. best way to say it. Um, I guess that'll do it for the kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you are looking for year-round development with elite competition, you need to check out the Canada Kicking Academy. Daniel and Gabe are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to show you everything they've learned over the years. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com and follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy for more information. Um, so, I've already alluded to it a little bit today um kyle i'm gonna let you get into the uh, nhl format because i think you know it a little bit better than i do um right but they're look they yesterday they agreed the players association and the nhl agreed on a 24 team playoff format so i'll let you get into it yeah so basically essentially be the uh 12 teams from each uh, each conference would go on um, the top four seeds in each conference would be determined by their points percentage when the regular season was paused. Um, right. They would they would receive buys for the first um, a best of five playing series. The qualifying um, round, right? The qualifying round, yeah. So seeds five through twelve would then have a, a five game series, um, and then they would advance to the regular sixteen team playoff, which would have a seven game series as usual. So. 
um, all seeds are based off their um, winning percentage and not actually the points. Um, okay. Which is a little bit different. So, which means that basically, like, you know, the Leafs, who have more games played but less wins, um, drop in the standings. So, right. Okay. Um, the, the Islanders, who have, you know, two less points or one less point but one less game played, actually hop them for winning percentage. So, is it winning percentage or point percentage? Uh, winning percentage, from my knowledge. Okay. No, I'm just I'm just curious because winning percentage and point percentage are two very very different things. Yeah, let me just points percentage, boys. Points. Point percentage. Okay. Points percentage. Okay. Okay. So. Because because um, because of the overtime loss, that's why I was wondering. Yeah, even then. So, like, the Leafs would end up as the eighth seed. Yeah. In the East. So. Um, Which means we would have played nice. Boston in the first round anyway. Well, we end up playing them in the second round if, if everything stays <laughs> as is. So, I know. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, the, 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 kind of the, the kind of different thing, though, is the fact that they're, the top four seeds aren't actually going to be set like that. Right, yeah. Um, which is kind of different. Um as they're going to have like a play in with those four teams to determine, to determine the actual seeding of it. So, um, in a way that's good, in a way that's bad too. Like Boston, who was handily controlling the East now could potentially end up being a four seed and play the best, you know, best team coming out of that conference. Wipe that smirk um, off your face, Irfan. <laughs> right. So, so if, if say Boston, Loses in this the fourteen playoff. Ends yeah. Up as number four, that means they play potentially play Pittsburgh in the next round. Compared to if they would have stayed as number one, they would have played the Leafs in the next round, which I think I think they'd rather play the Leafs than Pittsburgh right now. So. Um, you can't really tell right now. That's the thing because everyone's coming back off this break. But yes. Fair enough. But b- based off the regular season, yes. what they've had done so far. Yes. So. Um, it's different for sure. Um, it, it gives it gives teams a a chance they never had a chance, like Montreal, who didn't have a hope in hell to make the playoffs, and now all of a sudden they're the last seed in the playoffs. Um, I personally don't like it. That's just me. Um, I, I I think what a better option would have been would have been the three um, division seeds moving on that were currently in place. And then instead of, having, instead of having the two teams in the wild card, have four teams in the wild card. So you give the people who actually have a chance to play in okay. to get their wild card spot. Um, so, you know, the Florida, who was just out by a point, um, and a couple of the other teams that wouldn't have had a shot normally would still get their shot. But the division isn't changed and it doesn't mess up the current seeding. Okay. So I, I get that. That would have been, oh, been my idea. Um but obviously they want to uh, capitalize on as much as they can. And I honestly, I think this is a, this is their way of trying to recoup money by having a longer playoffs. Yeah. Florida wouldn't even make it in your scenario, by the way. Well, cause I, I think they had a couple of games short, remember, but they're, um, yeah. No, I just, like, I, I don't mind yeah. the idea of it. I, I don't understand why people are ripping it so hard. Oh, why are we allowing all these teams in? Well, guess what? The season's not done. They didn't finish 82 games. It's hard to tell what would have happened. And yes, maybe Montreal doesn't really deserve a spot. That's fair. I, I'll agree to that. And maybe in the West, Chicago and Arizona maybe didn't deserve a spot. How else are you going to do it in a fair way? Like, your idea is not bad, Kyle, with the three division teams going on and then having four wild card. But I just don't see how else they're going to make a make a fair format for all these teams that are just out with twelve games to go. Right, like Irfan, what do you think? Um, I'm I'm in the I'm on the fence with this one because I don't I don't think some teams that are in there should be in there, like Montreal, Chicago an extent the coyotes but you know you have five teams in the east that are right in the cusp of it right, right. and then in the west you have um, a couple of other teams that are in the cusp of it as well like um, minnesota 
Minnesota, uh, Vancouver that are out are just a point or two out. So I think Kyle's scenario makes a little bit more sense, and I think it keeps the seedings the way they are, the way they're meant to be, and the, the way that the, right. the league wanted to format it to begin with. And then if you're able to somehow allow teams that are on the cusp to battle it out, I'd be okay with that. Um, but this 24 team, like, you can have literally Montreal go all the way because they get this glimmer of hope. They're fresh. They're able to play. Gary they Price stands on his head. Third round. Yeah, and, and which is not far-fetched to ask Price to do, right? So I'd be a little... I'd be a little afraid of, like, I think that the main teams that are going to get the bye, like the Bostons, the St. Louis's, the Colorado's, the Tampa Bay's, I think you should, they should be afraid of these lower seed teams because they're going to want to play just to prove a point. And they're, they don't, they know that they're not the best team in the league currently, but a, a round or two in, you can get a Yarrow Halak sort of performance that he gave for Montreal a couple years back, and you can have a dark horse get to the next round. Well, so, yeah. And that's my issue with that is you're going to get a team that shouldn't even be in the playoffs or is not even remotely close in terms of um, consistency throughout the year actually have a shot at winning. And what right. if they do? And Yeah, like, like if, I, if I'm Carolina, right? So Carolina ends up as the number six. Like, let, let, let me go through the seeds. So Boston's number one, obviously. Tampa, number two. Washington, three. And then Philly, four. Right, which is, uh, so they're one, two, three, four, anyway. Matchups. Exactly. So playing matchups would be Penguins versus Canadians. So that's five versus 12. Yeah. Carolina, who's six versus the Rangers. Right. Islanders versus Florida. And Toronto versus Columbus. Right? Just for the East. Right. If, I, if, I'm the, if I'm the Hurricanes, I am terrified to play the Rangers. Rangers would have never been in the playoffs to begin with. Yes, they're two points out. But they had two more games played in Carolina, and they were two points back. So, um, but they had the same amount of games played as Columbus, and they were two points back of Columbus. Correct, too. but the, so. they would have had to hop the Islanders anyways to get them. To get right, there. right. There's, but so. I'm not saying that they were out of it. There's 12 games left in their in their season. Yeah, I mean, going into the the break, they were. They were one of the better teams for sure. Yeah. But Kyle's yeah. right. Like, Carolina should be afraid. Oh, 100%. I'm agreeing with you. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think New York might have snuck into the playoffs anyway because of the way they were playing before the break. So I would be terrified if I was Carolina. As good as Carolina was playing. And, and it's, it's just one of those ones where it's like, well, hey, we, we wouldn't have had to know, uh, you know, focus on them before. We wouldn't have to get ready for them. And now it's like, oh, shit. Now, now we have to get ready for this team. And, like, there's a chance that, you know, a huge upset brewing there, right? Exactly. Uh, um, which, to me, is I don't know. Uh, as much as we love the Cinderella story, the Cinderella story ruined the playoffs last year. So, um, ever personally, I hated the playoffs last year. Why? Because there was so many upsets throughout the the playoffs that it just. But when it came to the finals, it was like, eh. <laughs> eh. <laughs> eh, he says. <laughs> I Honestly, I, I, I didn't care for the finals last year. That's fine. I, I get I that. I barely watched the playoffs last year. I understand like, that. As much as, uh, you know, I, I, love, I love Columbus beating Tampa and stuff like that. That's great. But the fact that, like, the Eastern Conference was basically, in our mind, two relatively not-known teams kind of ruin the playoffs okay I, I get what you're saying i i understand that that's fine like, um, it wasn't as it wasn't as impactful as well let's say washington and tampa bay and pittsburgh didn't get eliminated in the first round yeah like if, if you if you say that it gets a lot better like to me that's more interesting series compared to what it ended up being yeah i i get what you're saying and that that's that's a little bit that's a different way to look at it than I was looking at it, I guess. I don't know. But we do when we when it came down to the finals, it was Boston versus St. Louis. Two storied franchises. Yeah, which is which was great, but I I had lost interest at that point. And that's fine. I get like, that. Like Carolina being in the Carolina being the Eastern Conference final is great for Carolina, but it was no contest. Yeah. 
I, I get what you're saying. San Jose, San Jose being in the West Final wasn't really a contest. Should have been Colorado, but I digress. Should have been, but it didn't. Right? So that, that, to me, like that, that just ruined the playoffs for me. And I, I think I there's that. a chance that this happens again this year with the current current situation. Right? Honestly, like, I happens think if, what happens if the Oilers as a five seed gets upset by Chicago at the twelve seed? We all laugh. Chicago has played Edmonton well this year. Yeah, yeah but, but we like, all laugh then too. The, N- the, N- the NHL would hate that. No, they the wouldn't. Would lose their po- yes, they would. They would lose their poster boy in the playoffs. Yeah, but then they would have Chicago, yeah, who they love. Yeah, but Mc- do you know the amount of sales you would have with McDavid moving on to the playoffs rather than getting knocked out in the first play-in series? I get what you're saying, but they also love Chicago so much, I don't think they would care if that was the scenario that McDavid got knocked out in. That's what I'm saying. If it was another team that McDavid lost in this stupid elimination thing, yes, much different story. But because it's Chicago, they'd be fun. I feel like people are sick of Chicago now. Like They won their cups, and now it's like, okay, time for you to go away now. Yes, but the league likes Chicago. That's the problem. It's so a like, huge market. Nashville gets upset by Arizona. Right. That's a different that's a different conversation. And I mean, I don't know how that would go. I don't know what the league would prefer in that scenario. Do you really think they want you really think they want Minnesota moving on over Vancouver? Yes, because it's a bigger market, but again, I'm thinking like legally league wide logistics. They want the bigger markets to move on. Minnesota's a bigger market than Vancouver. There's no way, Minna- There's no way Minnesota's a bigger market. Uh, are you stupid? <laughs> Minnesota is hockey maybe, maybe, state. Yeah, maybe for minor hockey. I wouldn't say major hockey. Minnesota hasn't been a relevant team in years. You're right. The team has not been relevant. But the market is relevant. <laughs> there is more people who watch hockey in the state of Minnesota than in Vancouver. Fair enough. That's my statement. That was what I was arguing. <laughs> There's nothing to do with the number of players, the, the number of good teams they've had over the last 20 years because they've been trash. They had, what, two good years in the last 20? And even they, even that wasn't that good? No, it's the market size that I'm saying that the league might not really care if Minnesota beats Vancouver. But again, I see what you're saying because I would much rather Vancouver go on because I think they're a fun team to watch. I would much rather Nashville go on because I think they're a fun team to watch. Well, actually, I like Arizona, so that's kind of a toss-up for me. I really don't care about that one. right? But yes, obviously we want Edmonton to beat Chicago in that first round because Edmonton is one of the most electric teams in the game when they want to play. right? So from a pure entertainment standpoint, yes, we want those teams to move on. The league might have a very, very different scenario in their heads, is what I'm saying. Sure. Right? And I'm not I'm not trying to say that you're wrong in any way, Kyle. I hope you know that. I'm just saying I think the league no. thinks very differently than you, me, and Irfan. Of course. It's, 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 all, it's all about rights and money and trying to get uh, as much as I can out of it. Right. Which is why there's 24 teams going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> more teams, more money. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's it, it's an interesting solution that they came up with. One thing that keeps getting lost on Twitter is that it it doesn't mean that the season's starting now. God no. <laughs> oh, it it literally only means that they've agreed to do this if they come back. Like they haven't actually agreed to come back yet. The NHLPA and the NHL have not set a precedent to come back. They have not put anything in place to start coming back. They're starting to vote, but, I mean, they still have so many other hurdles to get through in terms of testing and safety and logistics of what exactly. you play. There's, there's a whole list of things. There's so, so much. I say, hold your horses if you're on Twitter and you're excited. It's, it's a good start, but yes. we're not there yet. It's fine to be excited. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm excited that they've put something in place. But at the same time, like, you have to understand all the other things that they need to put in place before players can even get back to practicing. Right? Yeah, kind of, kind of, they kind of have to figure out where they're actually going to play the games when, once they actually come back. Exactly, and kind is it going to be part. is it going to be neutral site? Is it going to be 
hub cities? Is it like what's the what are they going to be able to do? Because think about it, twenty four teams are now going to need places to play. Is it going to be March Madness style, right, where there's three games a day in one rink? Can they do that That's even? What they were suggesting, yeah. Like from a from a logistical standpoint on cleaning and COVID practices. That's going to be a logistic nightmare in one rink. Is yeah, there? Like they, they said they said they're going to use two hub cities for the restart. Right, but even that, east, west, whatever, there's still twelve teams. Three games a day in one rink. Gotta, the cleaning is going to be ridiculous. Right. Sanitation. So, uh, you can't have the same staff cleaning the same game. You have to rotate. It's like it's a nightmare. Right. So my question then becomes: Are these hub cities going to have more than one rink? Right. Obviously, they they don't necessarily need to use an NHL rink, right? Like, there's there's not really a need to have the full NHL rink being used if there's no fans. So, are these do these cities have a second rink that they can use, like a true practice facility that is just for the team? Like Toronto technically doesn't have that because the Maple Leafs practice out of God. What is it called now? No, that's the that's the Marlies. I was saying the practice oh. facility. Oh, it used to be the Master Center. Yeah, I don't know what it's called anymore. Um, that like that the practice facility. Yeah, that that's not that's not a Leaf specific practice facility. Like that's a public. No, but 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 if it were to come back, they would use the Coca Cola Coliseum. And... Yes, if it, Toronto's a little bit of a different scenario because they have their. AHL team based in the same city in a different rink, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not so, all the so cities like right can do now. That. Like the front runner is Vegas to be one number one or to be the one of the cities, right? Mm-hmm. And that's purely because they have the hotels in place, right? And I get that. Teams. But apparently, every league is going to Vegas, so that could cause problems at the end. Potentially. <laughs> That's what I keep laughing. Every league, the front runner to land it is Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going to have the NBA, NHL, MLS is probably going to play there. Like, just everyone's going to Vegas. They're each going to have their own hotel. <laughs> so, every, so players might get sick, and we'll just leave them in that city. <laughs> but like, I just, I just always laugh because it's always the first city that's brought up in these conversations. Um, but yeah, like. I didn't. What did he say? This week. I didn't hear him. What did he say? Um, he said, you don't want to have the COVID cup. And I'm worried that if we force this thing and try, it's a little gimmicky and it's not quite right. Whoever wins the cup is going to have people try and take it away from them their whole lives. And guys don't deserve that. I mean, he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. I think any any championship, unless they're like finishing the season, so like the Bundesliga is going to be fine. Right? Because they're finishing the season. It's a legit champion. They're playing all the games out. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but you look at, like, PSG, right? Who was awarded the championship. Yeah. Are people going to put an asterisk beside that next year? Saying that they didn't finish the season? Maybe not. It's a little bit different of a scenario. Yeah. But there's there's always going to be that, well, what if we finish the season? Well, what happens then? Right? Oh, if we do finish yeah. the season, does it really count? Like, it, that's always going to be the conversation that is being had. It just comes down to whether or not people actually believe that's the case. And, like, I think for us, we if they crown a champion, the three of us are going to agree that it's a champion, right? We might not be happy with it, but it's they are a champion. They've earned the the chance to win the trophy to raise it above their head, right? Mm-hmm. I think the three of us are all very similar in that. Yeah, I'm not taking it away for a virus because the fact that you're able to complete your season and win, right? That's it's amazing in itself. But there's going to be fans that are going to say like, and I'm going to use the EPL for example, right? Let's say the EPL isn't finished, right? They they end up not being able to come back. 
Liverpool is going to get handed the title. Like we've we've had this conversation, we're not going to go back on that. They're going to be handed the title even if they don't finish the season. People are going to say it's not a legit title because it's Liverpool, right? Because Everton fans are bitter. Next. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, fans of teams who don't like the team that won are always going to try to take it away. It doesn't matter. Like, that's just how it is. Unless the season's fully played out, like the Bundesliga, people are always going to just continue to say, oh, well, it's not a legit title. Because that's how people are. People don't want to see a, a fake champion in their eyes. And I don't know if you can consider it a fake champion, really, but that's just how it's going to go. So, that's my spiel. I don't know about you guys. No, I agree with you. We talked about this before. If we're going to crown a champion in the EPL, like how can you not look at Liverpool and say they've been the best team in England, hell, best team in all the leagues uh, in terms of what they've done? Like, I think it's stupid if you hear an Everton fan or a United fan or a Chelsea fan or a City fan complain about it when you're like, in reality, they smoked your team's butt. <laughs> like, you're just mad yeah. that they lapped you. Exactly. 25 points clear. They literally need a City loss and a win, and they win. Like, yeah. <laughs> the season's and over anyway. Two, two. Like, the season's over anyway, Like, but people are still going to argue. And the, the best part about that is the three of us are not Liverpool fans. No. Right? Like, it's we've we've made this very clear. I'm United, Irfan, United, slash Chelsea sometimes. <laughs> and Kyle, you're Chelsea. Yep. Right? We're not supposed to like Liverpool. But we all agree that they were the best team by far all year. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't even close. <laughs> of course. So, I don't know, like... I, I, there will always be, as Kyle said, there's always going to be people who are going to... And Duchesne made the right comment. People are going to try to take this away from whoever wins. Because it is a modified scenario. And they're probably going back to the normal scenario next year. Right? Uh, there's rumors that the, the NHL wants to stick with the expanded playoffs. Expanded to 24? Or... Uh, I don't know if they're going to stick with 24. How yeah. they're going to work it, but... Yeah, okay, if they stick to 24, that's a little ridiculous in my mind. They, 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 they said they, they want to expand it. and I've heard 20, I, I but 24, that's a lot. Well, yeah, but with, well, with, 20, with 20, it wouldn't work, would it? Uh, you have to play like... Uh, 20 would be your scenario. I guess, yeah. Or something similar to your scenario. Have to play like a round robin to avoid relegation or promotion or whatever they do. Yeah. In that way, but I don't know. I that's. I thought. I think sixteen is good. I think sixteen is good. That's half the half the league gets into the playoffs. That makes sense. You're in because you deserve to get it, not because you're a bubble team. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But you realize like twenty four teams is. More than two thirds of the league. Yeah, it's just excluding six or seven teams. It's it's eight, uh, nine teams. No, eight, seven teams. Sorry, seven teams. So you're over three quarters of the league right now, making the playoffs this year. Honestly, I, I, I think, I think if they do go to that, it's gonna uh, in, increase the number of teams that are tanking. Yeah, but that means, it, okay, if it does increase the number of teams that are tanking, because let's say if we look at the standings from right now, right? Yeah. You got Detroit. We're going to call that the best tank of life. Because they bombed out this year. They had 39 points through 71 games. Yeah. But then we would say Ottawa tanked, correct? I wouldn't say they tanked this year. I would say they more just played their youngsters and let them play. Okay, fair enough. So Ottawa, but they would fall into that category of bottom teams that the weren't going to make teams, the playoffs, yeah. right? Of course. Yeah, Not yeah. trying for playoffs this year, right? Fair enough, yeah. Um, San Jose, sort of same scenario. I they mean, were they were, they were 
were just a disappointment because they're all old now. Okay, L.A. L.A. is uh, old and they're kind of rebuilding, but not doing it at the same time, which is weird. Yeah. Okay, so realistically, then we're gonna say two teams pos- probably had no hopes of playing playoff hockey this year. It was Ottawa and Detroit, right? Yeah. Detroit tanked. Ottawa just didn't really play for playoffs. They played their youngsters, trying to give them experience. Fine. Buffalo disappointed, New Jersey disappointed, Anaheim, LA, and San Jose got old. Is that a fair statement? Anaheim's rebuilding and they're getting there, but just they're not there yet. So would you call them? I would would say it's a no. They're not a playoff team by any means. No, but I'm saying, would you say Anaheim is closer to the Ottawa, Detroit category where they weren't really playing for playoffs this year? They were sort of rebuilding and seeing how things went. Okay. I'm just making sure I understand where we put these guys. So you're saying that we're going to have more teams do that? Like, not play for playoffs, play youngsters, do that kind of thing? I, 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 could, I could definitely see I could see, you know, um, obviously we know Detroit's terrible, right? I yeah. can see it. Yeah, yes, we know that. <laughs> I, could, I could see a team, say, like San Jose, who knows they're out of, out of contention now. Yeah. Right? Like, they have to do a rebuild now. San Jose, L.A. Players. And then next year, they literally just form a, a shit show of a squad. AHL. <laughs> and and basically try and get that first pick. They know they're not going to compete in the playoffs, right? right? Even right. if they get to the playoffs, they know, they know they're not going to go anywhere. So they're going to be like, hey, we'll take you know a 1-in-7 chance to get that number one pick. Yeah. No, I, I get that. And that makes sense. And I mean... And there's, there's going to be a bunch of teams that are like that, that... You know, Detroit might even do that next year again. They'll be like, hey, yeah, we're not signing anybody in free agency. Yeah, we're going young. We're going to play a squad we had, and we're, we're going to tank again and try and get another first-round pick. It's like, yeah. or another first overall pick. It, it's just one of those ones where, like, obviously, if you have the 16 teams, yeah, right, then it pushes those teams who are fringe to try and go out and sign guys or trade for guys. Right, I, I get what you're saying. Boost themselves into that top. Right? For sure. Where you where where you are with Montreal, right? Where they're they're twenty fourth in the entire league. They're literally the last possible seed, Montreal. Yeah. This whole scenario does it give them more incentive to go get out and get players? Probably not. No, no it doesn't. To be honest, even if it, even if they get the players, they're not jumping up to be like top three in the division. No. Like. No, you're right. I get what you're saying. Gonna, so, like, realistically, in their minds, they're like, hey, we'll keep going with our thing. Like, we'll just keep doing what we do. Yeah, uh, we'll keep working in the playoffs every year. Exactly. We'll make the playoffs every year. We'll bring in more revenue because we're making playoffs. Yeah. Even if we lose in a five-game play-in series, we don't care. Yeah. No, <laughs> we that's fair. playoffs, and we sold, we sold playoff tickets for five times the face value. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Montreal. They might not have to. They, their tickets are pretty expensive anyway. Not as bad as Toronto. Yeah, no, I think you're right in the sense that you're going to get more teams wanting to tank because it's like more of a commodity to be in that bottom seven to get those really good picks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right, because so, if it's only seven teams that have a chance to get the number one overall pick, mm-hmm. then those seven teams are going to be trying strategic and place themselves in that bottom seven to make sure yeah. they can get that one number one overall pick. Yep, no, for sure. Which, to me, it, obviously, it's going to make the trade deadline a little bit better, I think. Yeah. But um, A little more interesting, yeah, for overall, damn sure. Overall, hockey-wise, it's going to be like you're going to have walkover weeks where you're playing the bottom three teams in your conference. And yeah. it's like, well, this is an automatic win. Like, we know they're not going to show up to compete. Lots of backup goaltender games. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which are a joke, by the way, but whatever. Gone are the days of 70, 70 start goalies. I miss those no, days. Nobody can hold up to 70 games now, especially with the pace of play now. No chance. They're goalies. What, what does pace of play have to do with goaltenders? Well, if you're the worst team and you're facing 45 shots a night, that's, that's pace of play. That's not pace of play. That's skill level of team. That's a totally different issue. <laughs> pace of play is going up and down the ice. If it's always in your end, it's not going up and down the ice. The pace of play is real slow. Well, 
for a goalie if it's in Holy your bastard it's, it's piece of basically them going up and down. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not arguing that point. That's if not. If, if your team's on the penalty kill the entire time, it's pace of play for a goal. <laughs> or okay. you know, if you're some of the teams that allow 45 shots a night, Toronto a couple of years ago. Exactly. What do you mean a couple years ago? Didn't they do that this year too? Probably. I, I'm just going back to like uh, the Ron Wilson, Randy Carlisle days Whoa. when he's just like, yeah, just let them shoot from anywhere. Those those years. Those years hurt. Good luck. <laughs> those years hurt to watch, okay? Oh, especially when they're replaying the what is it, 2013 playoff series on TV. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Heartbreaking. Freddie Anderson has faced the fifth most shots this, or the fourth most shots this season. So they still give up a butt ton. Of course. It's the Leaf way. And they're always going to. They're always going to the way they play. Yeah, until they put like a legitimate defense core together. Yeah. Oh, it's not even that. It's just the way they play. Of course, the yeah, of course it does help, but yeah. Um, the, the the running gun style they play is no matter what defense they have, they're just going to give up a butt ton of shots. Yeah, that's true. That is fair. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about in this NHL thing? I think we've kind of beat it to death now. Just sort of our way. Um, no. no. Anything else you guys want to talk about? That I missed? No, I think we covered sports this week pretty well. Yeah. Okay. As you said, we kind of beat, we kind of beat half the stuff to death. So. Yeah, we'll work on making the segment shorter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that's something we can do. Stop talking between the three of us. In 10 minutes, or <laughs> Just stop talking, period, between the three of us. <laughs> I don't think that's something we can do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, look out this week. We're going to have some more articles coming out and some more videos, hopefully, if I can put them together. Some of them are proving to be a lot more difficult than I thought they would be, but whatever. Um... So for everyone here at Garage Door Sports, I'm going to let them uh, sign off themselves. Kyle, any last uh, words? Yeah, no, I'm just I'm looking forward to uh, the next steps, especially with the NHL and everything coming back. Um, MLB looks like it's coming back soon too, so I'm excited soon. about that. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely a time where as much as I want sports back, I want them to come back right. Um I don't want them to rush it. Um, as much as my gambling addiction is uh, miss, missing sports a lot, um, I, I, I want I wanted to come back right, and I don't I don't want them to mess it up, and then obviously have the the players falter for it. So right. um, I, I hope they do it quick, but I hope they do it right. So. Irfan, uh, same thing with Kyle, but uh, I do want to hear what everyone has to. Th- Say about the 24 team format and how you thought sports went this past week and the next coming week. So, at all of us at Garage Door Sports, as well as our individual uh, Twitter accounts, and I'm sure we'll respond to you right away because we're in quarantine as well. We're bored. I am especially bored because you guys actually have work to do. Yeah, yeah, I got too much work. So. Oh, are you busy now? Trying to be. So. I know Irfan's busy, but that's because he's writing, you know, a paper <laughs> and doing actual yeah, classes. No, I'm, I'm, fo- I'm focusing on uh, trying to get sales and trying to get my numbers back up after they took a bit of a dive. So. I worked really uh, hard last year to get those numbers up. You better get them back. Yeah, no, no chance. That was like last year was tough for me, and I can't even imagine what you're going through this year. So, yeah, yeah, you'll get through it. You'll get through it. (laughs) Just, just call the big guys, Cyclone Taylor. They're, 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 they'll help you out. (laughs) Closed right now. Yeah. Um. But anyways. Anyways, let's get back. Let's get back. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Total off topic. Um. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you guys. I think the the fact that sports are coming back is great. 
as long as they come back properly and safely, it's there's no problems. So we are excited that sports is coming back. Let's put that out there. All three of us are very excited that sports is coming back. As hosts of a sports podcast, obviously we want sports back, but we have to do it right. And we're, we're hoping that they come back in the right way. Hopefully they do. And we'll see some good stuff in the next couple weeks. Um, we don't want to see the bad stuff. That's the key. And as long as we can avoid the bad conversations for the next couple weeks, that's a good thing. So, for Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji and everyone here at Garage Door Sports, we want to thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.